from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We usually go over on Thursday and Friday, under promise, over deliver. That's how you get it. You can't do it the other way. Can't make the other way happen. Can't overpromise, under deliver. That's not how life works. So, well, to some people maybe, but not to this guy. So, welcome here this morning to the show. We have a lot to get into. We have a trio of segments that make up the Thursday broadcast. TGIT. We're going to start it off with Papa Joe's picks. Papa Joe and I will be talking about college football. We have a lot to discuss about college football right now, as well as the fact that there is a top four team that, if it started today, would be in the college football playoff. But there's one team from Central New York, that little tiny Syracuse, that maybe, just maybe, could knock Notre Dame out of this thing. So it's a big-time game happening at Yankee Stadium. And I don't want to tank it to Yankee Digs. I was going to say biggest game that's been played in Yankee Stadium this year because the Yankees had some troubles. But college football, we'll talk about that in the first hour of the show. At the bottom of the first hour, around 9.50 a.m. Eastern time, Katie Kalinske will be joining me coaching with class and she will be telling me about her time at Buffalo. She's in her first season as the director of basketball ops for the women's basketball team. She'll tell me how everything has been going over there. They just had a game yesterday, so we'll get into that. And then in the second hour of the show, get your pen and pads ready. Fantasy Football Live, Fantasy Football Power Hour, we will be bringing you Mike Sofka and I, your fantasy football advice for week 11, every single matchup. We will be predicting who's going to win each game team-wise, and then we'll be breaking it down individual-wise, quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, defense, special teams, kicker, everything. So get your pen and pad ready and get yourself prepared for this week in fantasy football. So we're excited about that, and I appreciate everybody that's tuning in and being a part of the show this morning. So with that being said, PJ's on the broadcast. Papa Joe. What's up, Papa Joe? How you doing today? Good morning, Daniel. Good. A little bit rainy in Florida, but that's okay. It's better than zero degrees. You don't have snow on the ground, Papa Joe. So uh, I, th- no, I think you're you got okay. snow up there already? We got snow up here, yes. We oh, ju- we just good. got it. I don't want to believe it. So my mind see, my eyes see it, my mind doesn't retain it. That's how I'm looking at it right now. Stay inside. <laughs> I'm gonna. See, that's the th- see, but that's the beauty about owning your own business and working for yourself that if it's a really bad day, you can you can look out the shades and go, "Oh, that sucks. I'm staying here." So, you don't have to leave the house, which is nice. It's too bad that Chick-fil-A doesn't deliver. You know, they got to Grubhub it. They got to do something for me, Papa. I'm going to have to make a phone call. I mean, I think that I'm one of their most valued customers, so maybe they would do it for me. <laughs> have you been to Chick-fil-A lately? Uh, yeah, actually, Mary and I, last actually, we were in uh, uh, Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville, and I had one of my checkups, and uh, uh, they, ha- they, have, get the, they have a Chick-fil-A in Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville. Uh, best hospitals in the world. how does that i mean how does that happen to me that's just that's like that's where you know you're like because people always complain about hospital food you know there's pudding and there's applesauce and there's this and that and it's not that good and then you're in a situation where you go to a hospital and it has chick-fil-a i mean that's that that's that's a that's proof in the pudding that god exists at least down in florida it's it's that way uh this this hospital is amazing it has a uh, valet parking and a Chick-fil-A, so you can't go wrong. Papa Joe, I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if you're being treated in like Michael Jackson's former mansion at Neverland Ranch because this does not sound like a hospital. No, <laughs> uh, it's it's a very good it's very good positive. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go up there quite a number of times. So while we're there, we usually partake in Chick-fil-A. Well, Chick-fil-A is always a good thing to do. Chick-fil-A, Cicero, 7916, Brewerton Road here in Central and upstate New York. It is the place to go to. I don't need to tell you all that, but I do tell you all that because I love working with them. So, Papa Joe, we have a lot to get into today in college football. I'm ecstatic. I'm I'm like a little kid 
I'm in the Christmas mode of college football. I'm like unwrapping gifts early. Like that's how I feel about this. So Alabama is Alabama is Alabama is Alabama. Can anybody from what you're watching on film, can anybody beat Alabama? Well, first of all, you got to get through the SEC championship game and that's with Georgia. Uh, Georgia will be a formidable opponent. Don't, don't think they're not going to be, uh, they're they're ready to go. They they're already ready to go, and they still got a few more games to play. But you know it's going to be a heck of a tussle. There's a very good distinct possibility that that Georgia could knock off Alabama, and then you got two SETs with one loss. I warned warned you a couple of weeks ago that this may happen. Uh, the country may have may have to see Georgia and Alabama again, but uh, I don't think so. I, I think that they're they're so stalled, though they look really shaky against Mississippi State. And we call that too because Mississippi State plays good good defense, and they 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 bounce some guys around and they knock the heck out of Tua uh, a few times. So maybe one cheap shot there on the, on the knee, but uh, that's the, that's how you play good teams. You win with good defense, and Mississippi State, even though they didn't have much of a an offensive day, that's due to Alabama's defense, and that's something else to get into. Without Tua not being Tua, they shot out another team for the first time. In, I don't know how long. How do you shut out LSU and Mississippi State? I, I don't get that. But, you know, they're firing away the best team in the in the country. And uh, they'll have a little hiccup maybe with uh, Georgia. Maybe they won't win by as much. There's a slight chance that Georgia could beat them. But I don't see that. Uh, you know, several several weeks ago, we we uh, we discussed that uh, Florida and, and – I mean, uh, not Florida, that's for sure um, – Alabama and Clemson would meet in the championship game, and uh, numbers three and four are going to be ir- irrelevant. So uh, it just it looks like it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. I know it's rather boring for the rest of the country, but that's where the football is played. Well, and the thing is, when you look at the grand scheme of things with this, I mean, there are there's a lot of teams, obviously, around the country that are vying for respect and vying for opportunities, but Alabama just they they seem. They seem head and shoulders, and, and, and they seem head and shoulders above. But this year, I don't know. To me, it feels even more so. It feels even more realistic that you know this is an Alabama team that a lot of teams just can't touch, just can't get after. They they seem to somehow, some way, be getting better, stronger, faster, more lethal. And when you know when you see them on the field, I mean, it's it's just. It's a different world. I mean, to me, they're they're just they're dangerous. They're dangerous in so many different ways. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously Georgia will meet them in the SEC championship, but they both stay undefeated until then. Then I would say Georgia. If Georgia defeats Alabama and they both have one loss, they're both going to the college football playoff because right. Georgia defeated Alabama. But if that is to happen, but Alabama to me, it, they're they're so. In a different world, there are good teams, and I think Cle- I mean Clemson's. I still think, even though Clemson's like shutting people down and blowing people out, I still think that Clemson is vulnerable. But I don't know where the vulnerabilities are on Alabama. Do you see any? Um, no, uh, I listened to some pundit last week saying that if the Alabama played the Buffalo Bills, that they would be twenty six point underdogs now I, I don't know if this guy watches any college football but i don't know if alabama played the buffalo bills that they would be hoodwinked for 26 points in a hole no that's not going to happen now i don't see much of a, uh, a a letdown at all very few deficiencies you know nick Fitzgerald there for uh mississippi state was was really a good offensive player and, and runs the ball a lot but uh, Alabama's defense just shut them down, and uh, it, it was brutal to watch. It was a brutal game to watch. Uh, even though the score was, uh, I don't know, I think it was 24 to nothing, I think, uh, it, it, the game really was, was closer than that uh, because the first two series that Alabama got the ball, they scored, it was 14 to nothing, and then uh, then Mississippi State's back on their heels, and uh, Alabama just rushes, and, it, you know, the game was over then, but it was a good game to watch, and, and for those across the country that watched it, realized that that someone with a real good offense and a halfway decent defense can maybe go with them. Maybe Clemson's that team. They certainly 
can with that freshman quarterback they have. Uh, it, it remains to be seen. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here. Uh, there's going to be pretenders and contenders, so let's get at it. And when we look at you know pretenders and contenders, is is there anybody right now that that's maybe playing well that you consider to be a pretender out there? I mean, when we look at we look at Oklahoma, LSU, Washington State, West Virginia, Ohio State. Are any of those pretenders in your opinion? I think uh, I think Oklahoma. Although I love watching them play football, I think the Murray kid is unbelievable. Uh, they just don't play defense. Uh, West Virginia is another team that doesn't play defense. So, in order for them to be considered, you got to play a little bit of defense. I mean, just like Georgia and Clemson and and Alabama. So, you know, then you go out west. You got Washington State, the same kind of deal. They don't play defense either. LSU is going to have a couple losses. UCF doesn't count, unfortunately. Um, Michigan, Michigan's got a shot. If they beat Ohio State, Michigan's got a shot in the Final Four. Notre Dame, I don't, I don't consider Notre Dame part of this equation. I probably should, but I just can't see that. I just can't see them. And frankly, they could be exposed this weekend too, playing your team. So uh, that that's going to be a good, a good game to follow. And when you know, when we look at that top four and where things stand right now, is the first time ever that not just the top four, but the top ten. And I find this hard to believe, but since the institution of the college football playoff rankings. This week is the first week ever that the top 10 did not change. Number 1 to 10, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Washington State, West Virginia, and Ohio State. UCF is right at 11, knocking on the door. They do not let them into the top 10. It doesn't matter if they win, lose, or draw. They do not let them in until the end of the season. Last season, they put them in the top 10 almost just to appease them right at the end of things. What do you think about the UCF equation and the fact that you know UCF is that team that is twenty-two and zero over the last two years, beating everybody that's come their way, including Auburn. Yet they sit right now outside of the top ten, and more than likely they will keep them outside of the top ten until the last poll, just to kind of throw them a bone, but not really give them a viable chance. Well, the pollsters keep them outside the top ten for a reason. It's because they don't they don't have as tough a schedule as the other schools do. Now, the, the people that watched them play Auburn last year in a bowl game realized that the team is for real. But they're just maybe a half a notch below the teams that we're talking about. Uh, now, UCF tries to run up and down the field against Clemson and Alabama's defense. They're going to get slapped upside the head. I, I don't, you know, it's unfortunate you have to think that way because they, they should be lauded. I mean, 22 and 0 is certainly a heck of a feat. Uh, look, at they're going to go unnoticed again this year. They're going to have another major bowl game, and if they beat another good team like, say, West Virginia or an Oklahoma or someone like that, then you know maybe the, the committee should think a little bit deeper into this. The committee's got a tough job. Uh, they they got a tough tougher job this year than last year. Uh, and the same thing could happen again with the two SEC teams. So, you know, you still got some guys that are knocking around in the, in the top ten. Syracuse right there, Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame, if Syracuse beats Notre Dame or even plays them tough, Notre Dame will fall, and that's going to knock them out. And then you got Georgia, Alabama, and, and uh, playing for, the, for their championship. So there, there's a lot to be said yet for uh, the remainder of the season. Going to be some good football in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Speaking here with Papa Joe, inside of Papa Joe's Picks, talking college football this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and Papa Joe, you know, some of the things I wanted to get into this morning, uh, you mentioned Syracuse. They're 8-2. and two. Syracuse in their first season of this season, so to speak. The part one of 2018, they went 4-2. and two. Since then, they've gone 4-0. and oh. So they started the first half of the season 4-0. They've started the second half of the season 4-0. And in between that, they had a couple losses. Just what your takeaways have been from Syracuse that has found a way, and they had a bye week right in the in the middle, so it was six games break, six games. 4-0 start, then a break, then a 4-0 start. This team is leaps and bounds different than, than what people are used to in Syracuse and what they expected. Thoughts on what Syracuse has been doing? I think it's a wonderful story. It's a great story for college football, certainly for the university up there. Uh, Dino Babers has done a wonderful job this year. 
Uh, you could see in the last the last couple of years that things were building. Dungey getting a little bit more mature, making better decisions. He's got the athletes now. Syracuse can beat Notre Dame. That's for sure. Uh, I was reading last week where uh, Dino Babers is, is going to be up for the coach of Louisville already, for crying out loud. The guy isn't even out of his season yet, and they're already throwing his name around. So don't be surprised if his name pops up with several other places, too. So that's up to Syracuse. If Syracuse beats Notre Dame this week, they better give them a gold mine up there. Well, and that's the thing is that I feel like, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping against hope that it's 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 the truth because the reality of it all is Syracuse doesn't pay their coaches, but they have to pay their coach because we're talking about every three to five years Syracuse switches. Every three to five years, it's like a revolving door. It's like, what have you done for me lately? It's not even like, what have you done for me lately? It's like the grass is greener type of thing. They either fire somebody or the person leaves, but it's it, there's no commitment. There's no, all right, this is the right person. Let's hold on to him. You know, Doug Marone left for the NFL. Scott Schaefer got fired. Greg Robinson, they held on to way too long, but he got fired. So where they stand right now is they have Dino Babers. This is his third season. The team was 4-8 and eight, and then 4-8, and eight, and before him was 4-8, and eight, and then a few years before that was winning one game, three games, two games. Ridiculous. And now the team is 8-2. and two. They're going to a good bowl game. They're in the ACC, in the Atlantic Division, in the top three, still have a chance to finish in the top two of the Atlantic Division and be very, very close to playing in the ACC championship game. On top of all of that, they're ranked 12th in every single poll. They haven't been ranked in multiple polls in 17 years. So it's it's good on top of great, on top of awesome, on top of sweet, on top of, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So there is no reason, way, shape, or form that I don't call Dino Babers and probably should have already two weeks ago, sat down with Dino and said, what do you want? Tell me what you want. I'm going to make it happen because a university that pretends like it doesn't have any money, it's it's hysterical because I did the numbers. It's $70,000 to go to school at Syracuse for a typical student. Not a student athlete or anything like that. $70,000. You have 30,000 students. That is over $2 billion before you sell a hot dog, a hamburger, a beer, a soda, a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hat, a ticket to the game. We're talking about $2 billion coming into the university before you even burp a game. And they they get 30,000 people to a game. You multiply that by 20 tickets. I mean, it twenty dollars a ticket. the The money is uncanny. I figured out that Syracuse, without selling a, a drink or food, could make a half a million dollars in one basketball game. So we're talking about millions on top of billions. I think they have the money, and they seem like that. They they seem like that type of rich person that that pretends to be poor and then goes and buys a Maserati. So they need to buy this Maserati, and they need to do it today. I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't know much about the financial position of them, but I know they're a private university. And as you said, it, it costs an awful lot of money to go there if you don't have a scholarship. Even if you do have a scholarship, just playing around Syracuse is expensive. So, uh, you know, they have to they have to sit down and figure out this is the this is the perfect time for them to sit and say, "Listen, we finally got someone who can take us to the next level." If they win this week or even play tough against Notre Dame, they should bring Babers in and say, listen, we want to negotiate with you, but let's wait till the end of the season. We want to do it. We want to do it fairly and equitably. We're going to give you the best possible package that we can be in a private university. So if they lose this week, they'll be eight and three and they're going to get a major bowl. So let's see what happens. I, I want to, I can't wait for the game. I, I really want to see them. Uh, play play fast. I want to see him uh, run up and down the field on a slower uh, Notre Dame team. Although Notre Dame looked pretty pretty good against a real fast team last week against Florida State, which is another major major disappointment. You know, you can compare a guy like Taggart and Babers, who are coming from you know to, from different programs, uh, and and you see that Taggart has got all these athletes here, and they can't get out of their own way, and then they go up to see Babers. And he doesn't have all those four and five stars guys, and he, yet he's doing the job. So you got one guy who maybe doesn't deserve to be a coach at Florida State at five million dollars a year, or you deserve someone in Babers who probably doesn't even make a million dollars a year. It's not fair. It's unequitable. Syracuse, get off your ass. That's true. 
Papa Joe letting you know, putting you on that sounding board. But it's the reality of it all is that they have to figure out a way to do this. I don't, I mean, and I said this, I was like, if you really, really want to look needy, then you do what they do at, I'm not going to mention the church. There's a church in Orlando, bless its heart. I, I like it. I love going to the church because it's beautiful and it was close and it's like the one we could go to when we stayed down in Orlando at Disney. But there's a church down in Orlando that passes the it passes the basket three times. And I remember we went there around Easter time and they're like, "This is the this is the basket because we don't have parishioners, we just have tourists. This is the basket to keep." Just like regular basic general church stuff. Then there was an Easter basket. Then, and I'm not kidding you, the third basket was here. This is just strictly for the air conditioning. That's what the basket was for. So I think about Syracuse and I say, okay, you just had 42,797 people in the building. So if you wanted to pass the basket and tell everybody to put a buck in it, that's almost $43,000. So do that for six games. And now you got $240,000. So then put that away for Babers. I mean, if they really want to wanna just kind of make themselves look like that, the reality of it all is nobody in this city wants to get rid of Dino Babers. Because why would you? Because when do they win? When do fans feel like this? The fans did something in the final game that we had at home, and that was against Louisville on Friday Night Lights last week. And... In that game, I took a video of it, and it meant so much to me because I was born and raised here, as you know, and I went to the games growing up with my father, and watching the wave, and it might be, you know, it might be an old thing to people, it might be, oh, it's played out, whatever, but I'm an 80s baby, and when I saw the wave, when I saw the fans just do the wave right in front of me and then it carried around and then you hear them cheering and it's not just the wave it's when they get up and they do it they shout so it sounds like a it's it literally sounds like something that's coming at you and then by you and then back again I took that video and I said the wave is back and it was that feeling that the fans were involved the fans were back in it the fans were feeling it again I have not felt that energy in so long, and I have to say that selfishly, it was the best feeling because I feel like I haven't felt that feeling in the Dome since I was like, I don't know, 14 years old. And so it's it's a different world up here, Papa Joe, and, and you can appreciate it as a fellow fan that it just did something. It vibed me in such a way that I just like, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I'm just really happy the fans finally did it again. Well, I go back many years, of course, being from Syracuse, too, when I used to attend, it used to be called Archibald Stadium, which is an old relic of a cavernous uh, stadium that we used to sneak into and watch football. You know, Syracuse, Syracuse's financial position probably is, is like most private universities. Uh, they probably heavy and heavily endowed, but they're, they're very careful in how they spend their money. I'm sure they're always thinking about uh, scholar scholars first and not scholar athletes they probably should do a little bit more of that too uh so you know if, if they got if they're heavily endowed and they have restrictions uh then perhaps maybe it's it's up to the university to find a way around these restrictions saying oh yeah we can put money into the science department or the engineering department or aerospace or whatever you know but we can't put it into the football program well you can if you find a way to do it yeah, no, and and to me, it's there's no way around it. You just got to figure out how to do it, or else you become the part on the journey, but you never become the destination, and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the springboard. Hey, you know, I'm going to go to Syracuse for a couple of years because I'll go to Syracuse, I'll show what I could do, I'll turn some things around, and then Florida will open up, or Louisville will open up, or Maryland will open up, UCLA something like that. And, and, and the thing about Sy- that Syracuse needs to understand is they should have sat down with them after the Wake Forest game, and hopefully they did. Hopefully John Wildhack, Kent Siverud, everybody, if you're listening, hello, is this mic on? Do what you're supposed to do. But the reality of it all is Louisville's job is open. Maryland's job is open. They are a stone's throw away from Syracuse. So you can't afford to even think for a second – Oh, he won't go to Louisville. He won't go to Maryland because the reality of it all is Louisville's got talent. Maryland's got some work to do, but Maryland is, he could go to the big 10 and have his hurry up 
speed style offense when everybody else wants to play in the trenches and slow it down. And he could, and that could be a threat to everybody. It's like everybody's a tortoise and he would be a wasp, so to speak. So if he goes to the Big Ten and he does that, there's reality to that would work. And then in Louisville, you have fast athletes, you have speedy guys, and you have a team in the division of Syracuse that is not a bad team, that has the guys that can make it to the NFL and that can lead a team and that can move the ball. Just imagine if Dino Babers had Lamar Jackson. So it's it's that type of feel to it. So Syracuse, in general, can't wait. But this year... Louisville is going to be like, hey, Dino, you know, you're doing a good job in our division. What do you think about being a little bit south? The weather's a little bit nicer. Or going to Maryland and them going, hey, listen, you turn around a program in the Northeast. Why don't you turn around a program here in the Big Ten? By the way, Big Ten, we got big pockets. We'll give you 3.1. So it's just Syracuse has to realize the reality that you can't lose this guy, and you are in a position right now geographically where it would be very easy for him to skate one way or the other way without having to go across the country. Well, that's true. Uh, but, you know, don't be surprised that if he's already got his mind made up, there may be, maybe have been some overtures to him over the last month or so. I think they should have met with him after the uh, Clemson game, my uh, way of thinking. But, you know, don't be surprised if he's already got his, his mind made up. You know, if he's got his fingers in a few other schools throughout the country uh i don't think he's gonna if he if he does move anywhere he won't move within the acc uh that's that that's that's not going to work for him big 10 possibly you know you 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 get if you're a coach in one of these big conferences you're up against good teams every week that can beat you especially the sec you know it's it's a very difficult road to follow he's got a, a very agonizing decision even if they even if syracuse does offer him say two million dollars a year for a couple of years that's still not near as much as one of the big schools in the other conferences could could offer him so you know all the dominoes have not fallen yet in this case but the most important domino still standing is notre dame this weekend absolutely and notre dame what do you think about the team right now i mean they have ian book is obviously there obviously their starter they were able to take down by 29 points fsu with their backup, Brandon Wimbush, who used to be their starter. So we're in a situation right now, you look at Notre Dame, Wimbush had two interceptions, but he had three passing touchdowns in the game against Florida State. And then Dexter Williams on the ground had 20 carries for 202 yards, 10.1 yards a carry, two touchdowns on that. He had the only two touchdowns for Notre Dame. And that Notre Dame really didn't throw the ball that much. They threw it to Chris Fink, Miles Boykin, Elias Mack and uh, Chase Claypool were the only four people to catch a pass for Notre Dame. So they're coming off of kind of an interesting game where they ran the ball a lot more than they threw it. They ran the ball for 365 yards. This looks more like a Navy team than a Notre Dame team. Thoughts on what Brian Kelly's doing? What stands out to you? What's dangerous? What is Syracuse getting into essentially in this game? Oh, I don't, I don't much think of uh, Notre Dame football or Brian Kelly. I, He's a good recruiter. I don't know if he's that good with X's and O's, but I, you know, this this may probably be disparaging remark, and I apologize in advance for it. But uh, Notre Dame is in the the Big Ten area up there, where it's it's always been three yards in a cloud of dust. They seem to want to uh, run the ball more than than run the, the the option pass and stuff. So, you know, I think they're I think they're beatable. They're, they're probably really big up front. I don't know much about them. I've only seen one game this year. We don't get too many games down here with them. I thought they were on national TV, but they're not uh, most of the country. So um, uh, I, I don't look for them to – I don't look – Syracuse doesn't play good defense sometimes. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And, frankly, it's, it's going to be one of these games where – you're going to look at the line of scrimmage, and within the first five minutes on both sides of the ball, you're going to figure out who the who the, the better team is right away. If you can control the line of scrimmage, I say that every week just about. If they control the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long day for Syracuse. If they run a ball like they did last week against the poorest Florida State team, it's, it still surprises me with their ineptitude. Um, if, they're, if they run the ball like they did last week, then Syracuse is going to be in for a long day. And that's going to, that's going to let Dungy... Dungey doesn't do well playing from behind because, you know, we know he makes mistakes, but every quarterback makes mistakes, him a little bit more than normal, but he's a fabulous athlete and can throw for 400 yards and run for 100 in no time. So 
it, it a very difficult game to to figure. I I don't know what the line is. It's probably maybe maybe Notre Dame's up by ten. I'll look that up in a minute here, but I don't know what the line is. But it's it's a game that's worth watching, and I hope the Syracuse can prevail. Speaking here with Papa Joe inside of college football talk, Papa Joe's picks this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. As we uh, take a look at so – there's one of the things I want to do to uh, kind of spotlight here. Dino said something yesterday in the ACC teleconference, and I had the opportunity to speak with Dino, and I want to let, let everybody know in this segment, significant sound bites – for tomorrow, you will hear from Dino Babers of Syracuse, Steve Adazio of Boston College. You'll also hear from Wake Forest's Dave Clawson, Willie Taggart of Florida State, Pittsburgh's Pat Narduzzi, and also uh, Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente will all be joining the show tomorrow. So I hope you will all come back tomorrow and listen in to that. Pittsburgh is in a position right now to win the Coastal Division. And if Syracuse, who's in second place of the Atlantic right now, if somehow somewhat I mean it can't happen now but it it would be so cool to see Syracuse and Pittsburgh vie for the ACC championship because these are two Big East teams from the north that would have taken over the ACC but Pittsburgh looks like if they win this week they should be good to go and ready to do it but you know to 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 essentially look at something that Dino had said on that ACC teleconference he said I think our run defense is something they'll exploit I think our pass defense is something we're really good at. Syracuse has struggled against the run. They struggled against the run with North Carolina with Michael Carter. They struggled against the run with Clemson, who has Tavian Feaster and Travis Etienne and Adam Choice. They struggled against the run with Pittsburgh, who has multiple faces as well. What do you think about this? Because Notre Dame had almost 400 yards rushing against Florida State. And granted, Florida State's defense is not what it's supposed to be. And I'm not going to put it up against Syracuse's defense because this year Syracuse's defense is better. But what do you think about the fact that Notre Dame wants to run it down your throat? And this is a weak spot of Syracuse's team for sure. At this at this juncture in the season, that is that is the issue because the the linebacker core is not what it used to be, and that middle part of the defense is. And they've done a lot of good things, and I respect Ryan Guthrie and Kylan Whitner and, and all those guys. It's just. If there was a sore spot, that's the sore spot is the run defense. Well, certainly it's going to be exposed. And certainly uh, at this at this point of the season where you have a lot of game film from different games from teams, there's certainly a lot to look at. And I'm sure that Notre Dame's looking at that, the front four uh, of Syracuse. I don't know if they play a 3-4 or 4-3, but uh, look at the front four of, of Syracuse's line first before the, the linebackers. The game is going to be won in the trenches. If Notre Dame grinds out five and six yards a pop, four here, 20 here, 11 here, it's going to make for a very, very long afternoon. Uh, and it, it could put Dungy in a panic mode when he doesn't do that very well. So, you know, if, if, if Notre Dame runs it the way they did last week, uh, I, I, look for, I look for a very long, very long afternoon for Syracuse. I don't know. They play on real grass down there or is that phony stuff? At Yankee Stadium? Yeah. Yankee Stadium, if we – well, the thing about Yankee Stadium, not just the grass, I'm going to talk about something else for a second, but Yankee Stadium is is actually because of, you know, baseball stadium and whatnot, where it is in the middle. They said the middle of the field can get a little bit windy. So let's see what it says here. So the original playing service went unaltered through the 2011 season after which new 100% Kentucky bluegrass sod was installed in the infield. Elsewhere, the grass is a combination of four kinds of bluegrass and two types of perennial ryegrass. So, grass and, so yeah, so, yeah. So, we're looking at different types of, I, I never knew that ryegrass was a thing, but there you go, Papa Joe. Yeah, that, that's a good golf course grass. That, right, that, that grass right there could slow, could slow uh, Notre Dame down. Uh, normally, uh, Teams that, that play fast play fast on fast surfaces, as you know, as you know. And if, if this could slow Syracuse down, if it rains, going to slow them down even more. Um, so it all depends. It all depends on the the, the the defensive line and the offensive line of both teams. And you'll know you, you'll know within a couple drives what's going to happen. And the cool thing about this is I'm I'm realizing as I'm looking more into it as we're speaking, 
You can buy Yankee grass. It's now a brand. You can actually buy Yankees sod if you want to. Another way for the Steinbrenners to make money. What can I say? That's very true. That's that's very, very true. Papa Jay hanging out with us here inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. The betting lines for this game, the Irish are currently 10-point favorites in the Shamrock Series game against Syracuse. So there's a, so the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are either 9.5 or 10-point favorites in their contest coming up here from the odds makers. So thoughts on that at this point, that they have 9.5 to 10-point favorite for Notre Dame? Well, that's a, that's, that's a pretty hefty chore. Um, Dungy needs to get off to a good start. Syracuse needs to get off to a good start. If Notre Dame has the ball first, they need to stop them. They don't need a prolonged five-minute drive. If Syracuse has the ball, they need to spread it out quickly. They need to score. They need to gain some yards. They need field position. Uh, to, Ten points is a very difficult line to overcome. Uh, it, it, it may not be in this game. It, it, it all depends on the line, Daniel. It's, it's, it's going to be very difficult. This could be a 31-10 game, or it could be a 27-24. So I would say right now, the way Syracuse is playing, uh, and the teams that Notre Dame has played, I would I would take Syracuse in the points right now. And looking at this game, as Syracuse gets set, Notre Dame is obviously inside of the top four in the college football playoff rankings. Michigan is four, Notre Dame is three, Alabama is one, Clemson is two. UCF, uh, we had spoken about it before, they are 11. They will not be put in to the top 10, in my opinion, if things go the way they went last year. They will not be put into the top 10 until the end of the regular season and championship games before we go into the postseason. They'll put them into the top 10 just to appease them and make them feel nice. But what they need to understand is it doesn't make UCF appeased and it doesn't make UCF feel nice because they want to be respected. They want to be regarded as a national team that can face anybody, play against anybody, and potentially beat anybody. So UCF has college game day this week. Cincinnati's 9-1. and UCF is 9-0. and UCF lost the game just like they did last year to the Hurricane. This time, not their fault. So I shouldn't say not their fault, but this time it wasn't Florida. It was North Carolina. So they're 9-0. and Cincinnati's 9-1. and Combined, they're 18-1. and College game day, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time game on ABC. We are going to see college game day and a, and a primetime game from Orlando, Florida, right by Disney, UCF taking on Cincinnati. Thoughts on college game day, making the choice, making the decision to go to Orlando, Florida for this game? Oh, boy. I'd, well, I could drive to it real quickly. <laughs> That's not a problem. It's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Milton is, uh, is a, is a top-shelf quarterback. Uh, both teams, again, going to run up and down the field, you know, uh, I don't think either team can play defense that well, even though UCF uh, plays a little bit better. Uh, Cincinnati's come out of nowhere this year. I had no idea they were that good. I've never seen Cincinnati play. I've never seen them play last year, so I don't get the games down here. But we're still going to watch it this weekend. Um, going to be going to be a tough game. I think UCF wins it. I think UCF UCF wins it easily, frankly. When you look at this UCF team, I mean, from the outside looking in, there was a knock on college game day. Why would they come here? It's not a Power 5 conference. It's this, that, and the other. But see, my rebuttal, well, I'll give my rebuttal in a second because I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't want to load the question, but I do I do have a an interesting kind of angle at it, I would think. But what are your thoughts on college game day making the choice to do this game and do it at UCF? because there has been so much backlash that UCF is trash and who cares? They don't play anybody. It's not a good game. Why would you bring College Game Day there? But again, ESPN shows this. College Game Day shows this. UCF doesn't, you know, doesn't say you're going to have it here and that's it. So what do you think about all of the negativity that bounced back from this thing of people saying that they shouldn't be in Orlando, Florida this weekend? I think it's a wonderful call by ESPN. I think that Kirk Herbstreit and Lee Corso are going to have a ball with us. You know, Corso's wacky, man. He's fun. He's fun to listen to and fun to watch. And he's probably going to put one of his one of the mascots hats on, you know, and he's going to pick a pick a winner. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to. I try to listen to it every Saturday. Uh, I think it's a great move on their part, uh, and it will ex- uh, ex- expose uh, UCF 
and Cincinnati to the rest of the country. So maybe UCF gets something out of this. I don't know, but maybe maybe more athletes. They they certainly they're certainly doing well. That's for sure. So I, I like I like UCF in a game. Uh, I think it's a it's a blast that uh, that ESPN's game day is doing the show from there, and I think it's well deserved. And when we look at the grand scheme of things, we look at the schedule. You know, there's the and this is this is my angle on it that I was talking about. When we ultimately look at the schedule of who's playing who right now, Alabama. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you, Papa Joe. I'm going to tell you the really tough games. Okay, are you ready for the for the second to last? This is Cupcake Week. Okay, if you're in school, this is Cupcake Week. That's when you bring the cupcakes. I got a feeling Florida and Idaho is going to come up in this one. <laughs> So, so Alabama is playing a really tough schedule, really tough game. They have the Citadel. It's a church. It's a church located in 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 Mississippi. I'm kidding, but maybe. Ohio State's playing Maryland. Florida's playing Idaho. Penn State, hold your horses, folks, is playing Rutgers. Kentucky's playing Middle Tennessee. And as we continue to go down the line here, let's look at the rest of the the top 25s here. So I'm trying to see if there's anyone I'm missing out on. Oh, Georgia's playing a very, very lethal UMass team. And uh, Oklahoma is playing Kansas, who wins, you know, one game every 10 years. LSU's playing a side dish. It's called Rice. So, you know, I mean, this is where these are the games. So when somebody's like, why is college game day going to Central Florida? Because they're playing a game. They're actually playing a good team. They're playing a team that's 9-1. and one. Luke Fickle came from Ohio State as a coordinator, left Ohio State, went to Cincinnati. Last year was 4-8. and eight. This year is 9-1. and one. Beat UCLA, made it happen, continued the wins against the Power 5 for the AAC. I have nothing but respect for what Luke Fickle's doing in season number two. Jeff Collins, is, or, yeah, Jeff Collins at Temple's in season number two doing good things. Charlie Strong's in season number two at South Florida doing good things. And all these guys are inside of the AAC. The West Division still alive in the AAC. The East Division still alive in the AAC. So there is so much going on in the American Athletic that it needs to get some respect. So when people ask me the question, Dan, why would College Game Day go to Orlando? I have a few reasons. Number one, Disney, because I'm a child. Number two, the weather. And the number three reason is that when you're playing side dishes in churches, maybe it's time to go somewhere else. So this is Cupcake Week, and UCF isn't playing a cupcake this week. So shout out to Game Day for realizing that maybe they should go somewhere where there's actually a real football game being played. That's just a good point. Good point. I'm I'm trying to figure out how much the Citadel and Idaho and the rest of these teams, UMass, uh, how much money they're getting paid to come down to get their behind whip. So it'd be interesting to find out the economic factor of that. Maybe if they took the money that they're getting paid to get their butt whipped and they donated it to Syracuse, they could pay for Dino Babers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, look, there's going to be some good jobs out there for Babers if he's looking for one. There's going to be a lot of heads going to be rolling here in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, it's going to be very – especially if they play well this weekend. If they play well this weekend or even win, uh, the, the pressure is going to be enormous on Syracuse and on Babers. Absolutely. That coming from Papa Joe inside of Papa Joe's Picks. Papa Joe, we got to make a few picks in these last couple seconds here before we roll out, or else the name, we wouldn't be living by the name. So Papa Joe's Picks here, College Football Talk, this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we are going to go down the line here and make a few picks. Hard to believe there was already Tuesday and Wednesday games. Team play, Teams playing very, very early in weeks now. Tuesday and Wednesday games are not unheard of anymore. Let's go to some of these games here that are actually games. I, I won't ask you about Alabama Citadel because we all know Citadel is going to bring it. So <laughs> Utah State is ranked in the top 25. And I got to shout out my guy, DeAndre Smith. He used to be the running backs coach at Syracuse. Good friend of mine. Uh, love the guy. And he's over at Utah State. This team is ranked in the top 25 in, in all of the polls. They're playing at Colorado State. What do you think about Utah State? And I got to give him a shout out here because – I want to take a look at their record. Utah State is 9-1. and They're on a nine-game winning streak after losing to Michigan State. They have not lost a game. They have two games left to go to see where they can end up here. And currently right now, they're at the top of the Mountain Division of the Mountain West. I like that the Mountain West did that. They're called the Mountain West, so then one division's the Mountain, the other division's the West. So they just split the name up. Kind of like the big in the East if they were to do something like that. So what do you think about Utah State and the fact that, you know, they're 9-1 and one right now. 
They're ranked in the top 25. They're going to get a good bowl game, and they're on the road at Colorado State. Thoughts on this? Well, Colorado State was was spoke of very uh, a lot beginning of the year. They have a better team. Uh, they've fallen by the wayside. I, you know, it's difficult to put a nine-one Utah against the Colorado State and, and have it mean anything. You know, it's just the rest of the conferences are so strong, and the games that they play are so uh, so important that it's difficult to really get fired up about a Utah. Utah State against the Colorado State. Although, I, I think Utah State wins it easy. I'm just surprised that Colorado State pulled it so early. Yeah, I'm going to go with Utah State in this one as well. West Virginia and Oklahoma State. West Virginia loses this game. They got no shot at the college football playoff. What do you think about this one? West Virginia's got no shot anyway. They're just, uh, Wilbur's done a great job. And, you know, I always reminisce about him playing for Florida. But he's, um, Oklahoma State can, can, can throw it, boy. It, you saw that game against Oklahoma. They were just flying up and down the field, almost 100 points, 1,000 yards in, in, in total offense. This is going to be another game that West Virginia plays in Oklahoma. It's going to be a 42-35 to 35 game, you know, very yeah. little defense. I like uh, I like West Virginia game, but Oklahoma, this is a picking game to me. There's, there's no there's no favorite in this game to me. It, uh, both, both teams are can, can run up and down the field, and both teams can score. So I, I look for West Virginia in a squeaker. Yeah, I'm going to pick West Virginia in this game as well, and I agree with you that they have no shot of the college football playoff. Syracuse and Notre Dame in Yankee Stadium. We already picked the – you were both going with UCF against Cincinnati. Syracuse, Notre Dame. Well, I, I want to see Syracuse win. I, I don't think they will. Uh, I think they'll cover the spread. But, you know, Notre, you know it's hard for me to, uh, to get on Notre Dame's bandwagon because I don't see them that much. And – I'm not a Jim uh, uh, Brian Kelly fans, but you know he's got the athletes up there every year. He's got a top ten recruiting class, uh, as opposed to Syracuse. Unfortunately, I think that I think Notre Dame wins and and wins rather easily. Daniel, I hate to say that. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say it because I'm going to say it. They play up for this game, Notre Dame. I want to remind everybody about what Notre Dame has done this year. And the game is going to be on NBC at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday. Notre Dame beat Ball State by eight. They beat Vanderbilt by five. They've played some close games and could have lost to Pitt. 19-14, they won that game. So I'm going to say that the Syracuse Orange, just barely, by a point or two, are going to beat Notre Dame this weekend. You're you're going on a limo, right? That's okay. I mean, that's good. I mean, I I wouldn't expect you to say anything else. Uh, I wish I had a little bit more faith in them. Uh, <clears throat> they're just a little bit too inconsistent for me to play a top top team like uh, Notre Dame. I think they're uh, going to play spoiler. I think they're going to spoil the. Th- I think they're going to bump Notre Dame out of the college football playoff and open the door for a discussion on who else is going to make it. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. All right, that coming from Papa Joe. Papa Joe's picks right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora every single Thursday morning to start off the show. As always, PJ, I love you, and I'll talk with you soon. Okay, take care. Love you. Bye. Take care. That coming from Papa Joe once again. we got to get Katie Kalinske on the line here. She's only got a couple minutes, so let's get Katie Kalinske on the broadcast right now on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. She is a busy woman. She's got a lot going on, director of basketball ops for women's basketball at Buffalo for the Bulls. Miss Katie Kalinske, how are we doing today? I'm good, Dan. How are we doing? Doing very well. So bring me into... You know, now you have you have started things off. You have realized, you know, everything that you've been working toward at this point. So bring me into these first few days of the regular season and what life has been like in Buffalo. Well, it's been good. It's always good when you get two wins. <laughs> That's all you can really hope hope for at the end of the day. So we, we got a good win against Niagara last night at home, um, and we won our first game of the season against Maryland Eastern Shore, and now we're headed out to Oregon. So on uh, tomorrow. So it's exciting. So you have, I mean, you had the opportunity, obviously, to get out there and and do your thing and to win these games. Oregon, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, this is a, a reputable team. This is a big-time team. I believe you and Syracuse both play this team. So thoughts on Oregon and the trip out to 
the great state of Oregon for this. I've never been out to Oregon, so I'm excited. Um, they're a great team. They're number three in the country. Um, they have two players that are like top ten in the country on like best players in the country, and it's gonna be fun. You know, where it's games like this that prepare you uh, for the end of the season. So you know, we'll get to go out there and we'll give them our best shot, and you never know what could happen. I'm excited. You look at this opportunity, and for you selfishly, you were out in Seattle, Washington recently. So is this a call to Brianna Stewart or a call to, you know, is is this kind of a, a are you going to finagle a way to, to see a Brianna or see a hop while you're over on that side of the country? I think it's four hours. Um, I looked it up. I think it's four hours from Seattle. So I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to Seattle. Um, just because we're not there that long. Uh, we play on Sunday and we'll be out there by, you know, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. their time. So Saturday we practice, Sunday we're ready to go, and then Monday morning we fly out to Vegas. So I don't think I'll be able to do that, but, you know, it's still it's still great to be out on that side of the country and see something new. And, you know, I'm excited for an opportunity to play a top-10 team in the country. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I know. Speaking here with Katie Kalinske, coaching in class every Thursday broadcast of the first hour, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Tough life. You're going out to Oregon, and then you're in Vegas for Georgetown and in Vegas for South Dakota State at South in the South Point Shootout. This is your first season as of the as the director of basketball out opposite Buffalo, but you picked one hell of a season to do it. You get to go out to the West Coast, and then you get to hang out in Vegas for a little while. So life seem you want to win on the court, but it seems like a nice beginning to your time at Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. And we get, um, we're getting in Vegas on Monday at like one o'clock and we don't even play till Friday. So it just gives us some time as a team to grow. You know, we still, we have seven new players on the team. So it's just going to be a good time to bond and grow and have some practices out there and just, and just get better. Um, we play, uh, South Dakota state and Georgetown and Georgetown, you know, I still don't like them. So <laughs> it's fun that we get to play them this season. And South Dakota state actually just beat central Michigan yesterday and central Michigan is, uh, one of the best teams in our conference, so it's going to be a fight out there as well. And if you, and, and no matter what happens after that Georgetown game in Vegas, I feel like you're going to just have that moment on the court, and you'll go. And Georgetown still sucks because that's just, I mean, that's that's what you have to say after every game. Syracuse plays Duke in the dome, and the band at the end of the game says, "And Georgetown still sucks." So I mean, it's just. I mean, I think that that's what you say ceremoniously after Thanksgiving in Syracuse or any part of upstate New York. Once you're done with the turkey, you back away from the table, you go, and Georgetown still sucks. I mean, it's just the way that it is. Is that not fair to say? <laughs> well, I'm not going to I'm not gonna put it out there all like that, but, you know, I've grown up in Syracuse, so we all know my feelings on them. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know you got to be diplomatic now because you're director of basketball ops. I, I feel that. I understand that. But I know where your heart's at. So... You're going out to Vegas. I have to ask you this question, Katie. Do you gamble, and what is your game of choice? And if you go once a year, I go to Turning Stone like once a year, once every couple of years, but I just won money at Turning Stone, so I'm happy. I don't know if I need to go back. So what are you doing in Vegas? Is there a game or games that you would play? Uh, growing up, I always was a Texas Hold'em fan, but I never played it. Like, we used to play as friends, but I never played it at, like, a casino. Um, I don't even know how it works to play it at a casino, so I'm probably not going to gamble too much. I got to save my pennies up. <laughs> Fair enough. So you have you have already planned an away trip that worked. Were there any snags going to Maryland? Because you and I talked about got to make sure everybody's got their passports, everybody gets on the bus, that all the ducks are in a row, that you know where you're staying, you know where you're eating, you make sure you check in at a good time, check out at a good time. Were there any snags in Maryland? And what are you? what's going on with the whole Oregon-Vegas right now, planning all of this stuff out in the background? Yeah, no, everything went pretty smooth. Um, the airline actually lost one of our bags. Uh, when we landed in Philly, but we found it like within 40 minutes. So that was pretty the only, only big hiccup that we really had. Everything else is pretty smooth. Uh, coming up on this trip, like I got to find where we're going to get our food after the game. I got to make sure all our meals are set up at the hotel. I got to make sure the hotel has the right room list. Uh, I got to make sure our bus is going to be there to get us at the airport at 10 p.m. tomorrow night. Just little stuff like that. I mean, constant like communication with people. And not only that, but even yesterday alone on game day, I had three other hotels on the season email me about games December 18th like what food we're gonna have and what meals do we need and 
all this stuff. And I'm like, sheesh, I'm just trying to get through Oregon and Vegas right now. So it's a lot of planning and organization that you have to have. And if you don't have it, then there's going to be a hiccup. And But Coach knows, too, nothing's ever perfect on the road. You know, we just kind of go with the flow. And all I can do is give my best effort and try to plan it out to my best ability. And if something does mess up a little bit, you know, she's pretty understanding and, you know, very helpful. So. And Katie, you got it really quick here. You have a really – interesting start of the season you're on the road on november 18th at oregon then you're on neutral court in vegas on friday november 23rd and saturday november 24th then you're on the road at central connecticut state on december 1st december 4th you're at canisius which obviously is not that far away december 7th you're at dayton and then you're at dartmouth on december 18th before you so you do not have a home game until the winter solstice on december 21st against stanford Thoughts on that? You know, I mean, this is, you're starting, yeah, I mean, you got to play in front of the hometown crowd, but now you're on the road for a seven-game stint. Just your thoughts on that, which is obviously, you know, different than, than what you experienced with Syracuse, who plays the majority of those first games all at home. I know, it's just a lot of planning for me. You know, like all those teams that you just mentioned were playing on the road, and all the hotels and everything that's been contacting me, and I got to make sure I have shoot-around times and everything, so it's definitely different. I'm not used to it, especially, too, because we bus a lot of these places. So it's going to be long bus rides, and it's just different. And it's fun, though, because it's going to help our young team, you know, be able to play on the road. And it's just we have our schedule to prepare us for uh, our conference. You know, at the end of the day, you just want to win your conference and make the NCAA tournament. You know, these are the games that are really going to help us, the Stanfords, the Oregons, you know, teams like that, that going out to Vegas and playing, that's going to prepare our young team for what's ahead. Absolutely, and and I would be remiss if I didn't say to you right now, uh, really quick to close things out, NBA thoughts, just what's going on. I thought you were going to bring up Kawhi's end of the game. <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhi's end of the game, what, what did you see? You always bring up Kawhi, but you say that I bring up Kawhi, and so, I mean, it's just, but, I mean, people are listening to live radio, and I would think that they, they always hear you say Kawhi first, so I, it's it's always your fault, always. I thought you were going to be upset at Kawhi today. I wasn't sure. Oh, upset, upset at Kawhi. Now, you know, Kawhi is, is an interesting bird. And, I mean, I guess when we go back to this game and we look at this game where the Raptors lost to, I don't know, this guy Dwayne Casey who they decided to fire, 106 <laughs> to 104, after he was coach of the year, after he led them to a number one seed in the Eastern Conference for the first time ever. After he had more wins at home than he had ever had before. After record, after record, after record, after record. And then went on Twitter and congratulated him and shouted him out for being the coach of the year after firing him. That's like that's like congratulating your ex on, I don't know, like publicly congratulating your ex on finding a new man that she loved. I mean, I don't get it. So it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Reggie Bullock hit the tip shot as time expired, 106-104. This game is so annoying because Jose Calderon used to be a Raptor, and Dwayne Casey used to be a Raptor. So it's just a, it's just a, just not a great situation. And you know, and ultimately, with two seconds left, Kawhi turned the ball over. So you know, I, I only, I didn't watch the post game. Did he laugh? Did he laugh about that? I didn't see the post game either, but you know, it's rather you'd rather have that turnover now than in the playoffs. So he's going to learn from it. No, you'd rather have that turnover never, Katie. No, I mean, I'd rather have it now than in the playoffs. Because imagine being game seven and him hitting the ball off his foot. <laughs> imagine him though at the post game though. Imagine the post game where they're like, "So Kawhi, bring us into how you lost the ball." He'd be like, "Oh, are you talking about the turnover?" <laughs> like that? I don't. I don't. He has a serial killer laugh. I don't understand it. But, you know, he's done so many good things for the Raptors. I can't I can't be mad. I he can't, elevates their whole team. He's tw- I mean, the team is 12-3. and three. So, yep. I can't I can't be upset. But they lost two games in a row. They lost to the damn Pelicans. Now, I love, the, I love the city of New Orleans, but the name the Pelicans should never scare you. There's nobody in the world besides a fish that's sitting toward the top of the water that should ever fear a Pelican. So, I, I just... Pelicans loss and then a loss to Dwayne Casey. Those ones smart you a little bit, and I, I'm not. Th- those ones hurt. They do. They they're 12 and three, but those are the games that make you scratch your head a little bit. <laughs> For sure, but hey, it's early in the season. My Lakers are turning it around too. LeBron, LeBron is unstoppable. So, 
Yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. They're not going to fire Luke Walton, according to Magic Johnson. But with with that being said, I'm going to let you get back to your thing. I know you got a lot of work to do. So much respect, much appreciation, as always. Coach with class with Katie Kalinsky. Keep doing your thing, and please, above all things, travel safely. And if you do play the slots or anything, make sure you play roulette. And if you play the slots, be a kid like I am. Play all the new ones that are digital that have the bonus 3D game because those are the ones I seem to win on. So I'm just I'm trying to help you get some money while you're in Vegas. And go Cues against UConn tonight. You know I'll be tuned in. So Absolutely. Well, as always, Katie, I appreciate it. I look forward to talking with you soon. Okay, Dan, have a good one. All right, you take care. That coming from Katie Kalinske. Once again, let's take a fast break. We're already into the second hour of the show, which means that the Fantasy Football Power Hour is upon us. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. Myself, Dan Satora of Fa- I would like to think I know something about fantasy. I've done this for over a decade. Let's hope that I do. We're, well, And we run five leagues, four in central New York and one down in central Florida. And we are bringing you the Fantasy Football Power Hour right after the break with Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. 
Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Unica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Thank you so much to Papa Joe for the college football conversation, as well as Katie Kalinske for conversation on college basketball, as well as the NBA. Make sure you tune in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR dot com backslash wake up call dt you can also pick up the live feed by going to wake up call dt.com's homepage and papa joe as well as katie kalinsky with us on thursday mornings in the first hour of the show and i'm very happy to say that th- i mean this opportunity to me means the absolute world and this is the 208th episode of 2018 alone so thank you so much for listening and make sure you connect with us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT.